Welcome back to The Secret Runner, a bi-weekly podcast in which I'll be talking to an international Ironman competitor, my secret runner, to get training tips and coaching advice for everyday runners like myself to reach their next personal best. This is our second episode of the week, our first week running two parties. This episode focuses on our training, listen to episode 9 for this week's discussion and question from the audience. In my training, I struggled with mental maths whilst running in higher heart rate zones, and I found myself a bit disappointed for my last TT. We'll hear about the secret runner's recent tests and why he didn't do all of them. So let's get to it. Okay, Pete, so it's that time of the week where we go over your training plan. So where are we at? Week 13, I'm on build one. So I had my R&R last week. Brilliant. We are in your build one. We've got two build periods, remember, and you're 13 weeks in. How are you feeling? Um, Good. It's harder. It's harder to look forward to the sessions, but then finishing them feels so much better. I wrote a few things down, though, to talk about specifically my ME and AE, which is muscle endurance and... What's the AE stand for? Muscular endurance and aerobic. Okay, so what I struggled with on that was I left and there's quite a few bits of data I had to have in my head, like 75 to 105 minute session, 15 minute warm up, then four to six sets of five minutes at heart rate zone four with a 75 second jog recovery and then a 30 to 60 minute steady zone two run and then a cool down with a decreasing effort and that's all fine I understand what each of those are so I went out you know I've learned all my local routes I know where I can be in 15 minutes and I knew that would take me to a field which I could use to lap and I got there ran round it in five minutes but it, as I got towards the corner not quite long enough it's fine there's a track off it that I ran down and back up and pretty much takes me almost back to the field so that's great I've got a little route then 75 second jog recovery so that will take me to six minutes 15 seconds on top of the so my mental maths I'm very busy doing mental maths and then you do five minutes on top of that and then you add 75 seconds again and then again and then quite often by that point I'm tired enough to go how many laps have I done and I start dividing my time to work out if I'm on lap three or four And then I thought, right, I've done those. I need to do a 30 to 60 minute run. I'll do 30 minutes. And then I finished running, got back home, was all mentally ready to stop. And I'd only done 66 minutes. So I should have done slightly more. And then then this is the whole going back to fitting into life thing. By then I was like going home and like ready to be home. And I was already starting to cool down and stuff. So I didn't do the extra like nine minutes to get to the minimum. So in my head, I thought I'll do four laps because it's the first time. I'll do the 30 minute aerobic, aim for the 75, blah, blah, blah. But all that little bits of individual maths, I didn't do right. And I tried to do them on the move. And also because my heart rate zones have changed because of my last TT, I couldn't remember what heart rate zone was. So there's a lot of information to retain. So I've got some advice around that. Go for it. Okay, so heart rate zones... Because we're using them now, plug it into your Garmin, using the Garmin Connect app or whatnot. Plug it in and you can set your heart rate zones on there. And then that comes up and it will tell you where you are. So if you're in zone two and you're sort of like sitting bang in the middle of your zone two, it will come up as 2.5. And the higher you get towards zone three, it will come up 2.7, 2.9. 
Right, okay. So you'll set your minimum and maximum BPM for each range and it will it will represent that as a decimal then? Yeah. On that page where I have that data, it will have my actual heart rate, what I'm doing at the time, and below that it will have it as a decimal. Okay, that's great because um, I have a spare space on my screen which I've just shoved calories in because I can ignore that and not care about it because you told me a while ago to hide my pace and stuff. So fine, that's one of those ticked off. The other thing I was... I was going to ask you if you can plug like whole sessions into your Garmin so it can say like you're on your warm up and then like hit the lap button to end the warm up or something. But then I thought that would be too complex and then I thought we should build our own one and then that's how we should spend the rest of our lives. I don't know if you can. I bet you probably can into Garmin. I bet you can plug those tailored sessions in. Certainly on more advanced watches, I bet it can do that. I've never experimented with that. That might actually be something for me to consider in future. If I, even if I could create those files and then I just drop the file into the spreadsheet for you and you drop it onto your watch. Because that would be great if it said start warm up and then like end warm up, start zone four and then like a 75 second countdown. But that would be quite complex just from a programming point of view to, to have those different profiles. The only thing you'd lose there, you lose that flexibility in the session of four, four to six times the reps. And I always feel that's important to have because there are times that you're more knackered from work and that doing four good quality sessions would actually be better than doing six in that instance. And in that particular case, uh, I should have done like 40 minutes of AE because I'd only done four of ME and that would have added the times up. Yeah, that probably would have been the best way to do it. So my next bit about all of that is the easy bits to remember there are the 15 minute gradual increasing effort for warm up yep. and the 30 to 60 minutes of the aerobic set. Yeah. So then that's piece piss to remember. So just remember the main interval set four to six times five minutes at heart rate zone four. So all you've got to remember, you set out going to do four, and if you finished the fourth one feeling really good and wanted to do another one, I bet you'd remember, oh, it did say four to six. So just commit and immediately think, right, I've got to do four reps. They're five minutes long, fine. And then the 75 seconds recovery. So how I would go into that, I would run my first five minute one, and I would try to start that on a round number. Yeah. So if you go straight in from your warm up, it would be at 15 minutes. Sometimes that's not always the case. So I might wait for like 17 minutes to roll around. I.e. I wouldn't start on like 16 minutes and yeah. 37 seconds. So start on a round number. And all you need to think about at that point is, right, I've started at 16 minutes in. When my watch hits 21, I stop. And then whilst you're running, you've only got to care about two things. Am I in zone four? Have I reached 21 minutes yet? Just all you need to worry about. As soon as you hit 21 minutes, you're like, right, 75 seconds rest. That's pretty easy maths to do. Start walking immediately and just figure out, I need to start running again at 22 minutes and 15 seconds. Now, it is a bit of a balls you just got to deal with it. So yeah, you start got to start running again at 22 minutes and 15 seconds. At the end of my first rep, what I do physically with my hand is I go one and I put my thumb up or I put one finger up and I hold it there the whole time I'm on my recovery. For the 75 
or whatever it is. Yeah, for however long the recovery is. I physically put a finger up of what number rep I'm on. Right. So your hand's already done your thinking for you for what number rep you're on. And all you got to think about is recover, 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 start running again at 22 minutes and 15 seconds. And then as soon as you start that next rep, forget about your hand. All you need to think at that point is that I need to stop running at 27 minutes and 15 seconds. Okay, okay. Just think about, right, now I know as soon as my watch gets to 27 minutes for 15 seconds, stop running. And then when you get to that, stick your thumb in one of your fingers up or stick two fingers up. I find that that really helps me count my reps because you never get to the next rep and forget how many fingers that you had up when you were walking along last time. And I kind of like, yeah, I thrust it in front of my face. Give that a go, see how it gets on. Don't think too far ahead of... Right, when I get to my fourth rep, that's going to be how many minutes? Literally just take it on the next one, be it your recovery or your rep. Figure that out when you get to it. I did try and do that. I think having the the heart rate zones as well, uh, removing that and putting those to my watch will help. And not worrying so much about the 30 to 60 at the end. Well, you know, just remember what your minimum is at the very least. No, I think that is probably the most helpful thing because what I did was 15 plus 4 times 5 plus 4 times 75 plus 30. And I didn't really think about the total. I just thought, have I done the first bit and then the second, third, fourth, fifth, whatever it is. And then and then as I came to the end of my 30 minutes, I was like, oh, that's not 75. But it, it was like too late yeah. to go around again. So you're right. Just remembering that bottom end for the total exercise will help. Yeah, because the tough part there is obviously remembering the main set of intervals. Once you've done that, you look at your watch. If that's saying, I don't know, what, 35 minutes, then then it's easy enough just to go, right, I've got to run until my watch says 75 now. I suppose there's, at the very least, the one other thing to remember is the upper limit in case I happen to be feeling particularly energetic and yes. I don't want to go past the top end. Yeah, okay. Well, I guess to generalise it is to try and like look at the exercise and try and simplify what are the key things you need to remember and you don't have to remember everything about it. Yeah, and, and use the technology to help you. It shouldn't muddy the waters. So in this instance, we can use your technology to take away one of those things so that you don't have to think about it, i.e. what heart rate zone you're in. So I'm just looking at your notes. I can see that you put your you're a bit disappointed with your TT. Yes. Why was that? Ah, right. So, um, before you started coaching me properly and had a plan for me, and you just talked to me, give me advice here and there, and you give me some some exercises to do that were helping. But my overall training was looked after by me, and that was you should get quicker each week. Every two or three runs, I'd expect it to be quicker. And maybe the one or two between those, I might have a slower one. So that was how I did it. The first four weeks from you, I near enough got myself back to that just just by doing it the way you suggest, which is slower or more structured and then, then push harder like when it's required. And then that first TT came round and we knocked like 45 seconds off it in, in four weeks. And I was chuffed. And then the second TT came round and I would never expect it to go off 45 each time it you know it compresses each time you shave time off it's less and that still holds true I think we knocked 45 off and then we knocked another 10 seconds off and I was chuffed with that like after eight weeks 
I was almost breaking five minute kilometers again, which was about my best. And then four weeks later, <laughs> I'd only taken one second off and a second's negligible. That could over 30 minutes of running. That could have been one traffic light crossing. I think I was hoping that I would have broken a five minute kilometer by then. And then I was trying to work out, is it because it was hotter? Did I not sleep as well? I thought it might have been a bit hilly and I hadn't paced it quite right. And I definitely had more to give towards the end. So I was disappointed that I had simply, I'd only knocked one second off my pace over over four weeks. So what I'm going to say is you've answered already exactly why you shouldn't be disappointed in what you've said. You've spoken about all the possible variables that there could be. And that's exactly it. There's course variables, there's traffic lights, there's crossings, there's heat, there's what's been going on in your life regards work stresses or anything like that. How much sleep you had the night before this TT in comparison to the last TT. If this was a race, then I would be delving into all of that in so much more detail. And maybe it would be good to delve into it a little bit anyways, but... I mean, in an ideal world, you try to minimize all those different variables so that you can just record the just record the outcomes that you're looking for. So there's always going to be those sorts of things. And we're never going to boil it down unless we go into a really sterile environment and take it to the real extremes. Which, if we were elite athletes, is probably what we do. I guess one thing that you've made clear to me is that it's not linear and I used to think each each race should get quicker and maybe in between it might not be but I was still overall thinking that week to week I'd get faster and faster and what I guess I need to look at is we've only got three points of data from TT so far so I need to not worry it's only a single point of data and I need a lot more of them before I can really start to see how things are trending. What I'd like to also be careful of here is losing sight of what the purpose of that session is. I know that you like to use it as a bit of a marker to see whether you're going faster. But the point of that session is very specific about getting some data on your heart rate zones. And it's worked perfectly every single time for that. Actually, it's apart from maybe this time where the heart rate zones have gone up quite considerable, that it's maybe raised questions on the accuracy of your um, heart rate monitor. But that's all really good information to throw up now in training because we don't want to go relying on that in a race if we think that it might be uh, unreliable data. So from that point of view, that session has worked perfectly every single time. It's been a point to collect data so that we can feed it back into your into your plan. <laughs> okay. Does that make sense? No, no, it does. It yeah. does. Um, I get where you're coming from. Everyone loves it when they get back from a training session and that they know that they've done something better than they have been. In the end, if I, I guess, if I am not improving as much as I want to, then that's fine. You'll just look at the training and readjust it and see what else he's doing. I mean, there's two things. There's one which is if you were showing great improvement in that last TT again, I could worry about you peaking too soon. Yeah. And that that could be an issue. Or the other side of it is plateauing. If you were plateauing and it had been sort of like 12 to 16 weeks or something ridiculous like that and you're not seeing any improvements, then yeah, sure, there's something wrong with the training. We don't want you to plateau. 
And that is something that happens to people. People often see a steep increase in performance to begin with, especially when you're starting out because of, yeah, it's just a steep learning curve and your body responds quickly. And then gradually over time, things do plateau a bit and the gains get harder and harder to find. But a proper plateau when you're not you're not improving at all uh, and you're not doing anything to change that is um, yeah, also something that we want to look out for. I am not worried that this is the beginning of a plateau, not in any shape or form. It's just all part of it. Yeah, it's all going according to plan as far as I'm concerned. Okay, that's good. And also my training has now upped as well. So I guess I should still look forward to the next one and see if this much harder training um, pays off. I'm sure it will do. So Secret Runner, once you finish that delicious mouthful of water, uh, which week are you in now? Are you in a rest and recovery week? I am, as we speak, yep, I'm coming towards the end of uh, my rest and recovery week. I've done my cycle TT test just to um, get my heart rate zones, make sure that I know what those heart rate zones are for race day so i won't be testing that at all anymore now and nothing too much has changed there to be honest my heart rate zones have stayed the exact same brackets what has changed is i did exactly the same test on exactly the same course as i usually do it i went an extra half a k further so is that just means in the same heart rate zones you can go further because you're a bit fitter i went faster it's meant to be an all-out effort and for my all-out effort i went further and faster than i did last time just over two weeks away from race day is that about what you'd expect about the same slightly quicker is nicer i'm assuming you're not expecting that much of a change this close to race day i mean that was the point of the test was to just to make sure i know what my heart rate zones are so that i can pace myself correctly on race day that was the point of the test and that was successful and then it's a nice to know that i'm in better form than i was last time i've still not mentally switched over to the whole you don't always need to just look at pace and that's the only important thing and i'm still not there despite your training the fact that your heart rate zones were the most important thing for you on this test, I'm still like, but don't you want to know how fast you're going? And isn't that the most important thing? And and, and it's also about what's important during the test and after the test. So the heart rate zones weren't important during the test. They were the least important things during the test, but they were the most important outcome of the test. And so you've done your cycle one. Have you done your running one? I'm not going to do my run one because I'm too close to my race day. This is where self-coaching comes into it. I had intended, it's in my plan to do my run test today, but I revisited everything and looked at what I'm going to be doing in my peak period, which is next week, and then my race week. And I've planned out all of that, those training sessions, and there's nothing for me to gain by doing that run test. I'm happy with where my zones are. I can tell from my bike test that my zones haven't shifted about, so I wouldn't expect my run zones to have shifted about much either. And I would only just be causing fatigue into my body. Right, so on the bike, it's there's a lot less strain on the body or a lot less impact, and so you're happy to do it. But is it because running this close to the race, you run the risk of injuring yourself or overdoing it? Yes, that 
And also, I probably could have gone without doing it on the bike, but it had been quite a while since I'd done a bike one because of the wedding and everything like that. I hadn't actually done a proper cycle TT test for a while. So I did want to test that one just to make sure. So over these next two and a half weeks, there's nothing I can do. I will not get any fitter than I am now. But I could go out there do loads of stuff and it would make me more fatigued and not as fresh and not as informed and not at my peak. It's a payoff at this point. I will lose fitness over this next couple of weeks in return for feeling fresher and having less fatigue and bringing my body into form, into its peak fitness. Right, which is all carefully timed in these last two weeks yeah ideally it would have been three weeks but i've had to cut a week out because of the way that everything got changed i guess the point i'm saying is everything's planning come together so that that day the 19th is the big day for you whereas for me it happens to just be a stop-off point on the way to a 45 minute 10k and so your training is now coming to a head and you've got your your big achievement or your big goal in mind yes Uh, ultimately although that's a race day for you it's almost another measuring stick i'm hoping you know about 50 minutes is what i'll be running in a couple of weeks time so so this is where i find your training is very suddenly very different to mine like i'm still build but you're now peak ready to race yeah in this peak period it's not that i it takes time to build endurance it takes weeks and weeks and months and months and even years to be honest so that that throws back to what i mean like there's no point me going out and doing massive long runs or long bike rides because of that it's going to have absolutely no effect on building any endurance for me so either i've done that correctly now or i've done it wrong yep so for the next couple of weeks it's about preparing the body for racing and for it becoming familiar with the demands of racing so i'll be doing Lots of either race-like efforts, but not as long, or I'll be doing really, really, really slow efforts. Next week, for example, I've got a run session on Monday, a bike session on Tuesday, and then a recovery day where I've got an easy bike and an easy run. And then I do a race simulation on Thursday, and then I recover bike recover run the next day recover bike the next day and then i do another race simulation on the sunday and those race simulations are only like two hours long right okay which seems long to me but comparatively for you is is a tiny snippet yeah but especially when you consider that half an hour of that is a warm-up 10 15 minutes of it is a cool down so immediately you're down to an hour and 15 minutes and then you've got to split that between bike and running So you're really only talking about 30 minutes at race pace in each discipline, which is next to nothing. So at this point in time, swimming, is that just completely out the window? Do you still do a little bit of swimming just to keep yourself in the pool or are you just not worrying at all about it? So this is obviously a duathlon. I've decided that I've not been doing any structured training for my swimming. I absolutely could have been. But I've decided just to focus more completely from a structured training point of view on the bike and running and then going to the pool for a swim whenever I feel like it. Right, okay. So it's completely out of the window for training, but you still swim just because you like swimming. 
yeah the the key thing though is that i wouldn't go doing any crazy swim sessions where i'm either going really far or really high intensity i'm just sort of like going to the pool for a bit of fun do you find that difficult when you get in the pool can you just chill out and can you just enjoy the pool without yeah absolutely yeah yeah i can in fact the pool's probably the best place for that sort of thing it's a nice experience even if you don't even if you're not doing any lengths at all and you're just sort of like lazing around in a pool no i'm a terrible swimmer if i get in a pool i'm fine if i'm standing still but any amount of swimming i'm shattered almost immediately so yeah so the next two weeks will be interesting because i'll be carrying on on my route and then you'll be coming to the climax yeah you can probably expect to see me feeling a little bit anxious of feeling like i'm not doing enough because of my training volume and everything will be down but at the same time i should know that that's exactly as it should be but it's typical for people like me to start feeling a bit anxious at this point leading into it feeling like they've not done enough it'll be exciting then talking to you a week from now which will be one week away And then the week after that, I'll just be like two days before. Exactly. Exciting stuff. Thank you, Secret Runner. And thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks, Pete. Thanks, everyone, for joining us again. As always, head over to thesecretrunner.com for our Twitter and Facebook links. So until next week. Off you go, stay motivated and go share your secret.